And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Wednesday morning, folks. We're going to catch you up on some of the NBA action on Tuesday night on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host today, Mo DeKeelan, joined by one of my favorite guys, James Edwards III, covers the Detroit Pistons for us over at The Athletic, and we got Brian Smith doing the ones and twos for us, making sure I don't screw up too much today. But before we get started, don't miss an exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. You can receive an all-access subscription for just $3.99 a month. James, I just want to get right into the games. There were a couple of great games tonight, starting with the Boston Celtics and the Utah Jazz. Great game. Phenomenal game. Real fun game. Utah pulls away. They win 117-109. It was really a crazy back-and-forth game until the fourth quarter when the Jazz kind of ripped off like a, I think it was like a 14-4 run. And then from there, it was just like, okay, they just need to hold on as much as they can, right? <laughs> like no, the- it was. It really was. It was. I thought the Celtics did a good job of suppressing Rudy in the first half, not letting him really be that much of a factor. But in the second half, on both ends, he really got going. I remember the – I don't know if it was the same sequence where he got a block and then sprinted the floor and found him wide open down the middle for a dunk. And I don't, I don't think the game, like – turned right there but I do that was kind of like a sign like Utah needs to hold on like they, they have a little bit more juice in the tank uh, but I thought Rudy was phenomenal Donovan hit big shots when it mattered he struggled a little bit leading up to the fourth quarter but hit two big shots when it mattered um, and yeah Jordan Clarkston slowed down later uh, but he was hot early and yeah no I thought it was Utah being Utah uh, generating threes there was a stretch I believe early in the fourth late in the third where they they knocked down a few in a row defensively they were sound it's just a team that doesn't make many mistakes there were some bad turnovers late but Boston didn't really capitalize on them too many Marcus Smart threes missed them all yeah I thought Utah was Utah and, and, and I mean it shows why people think they're legit this year yeah I mean this was one of those things this was you know Coming into this game, the the Jazz, to me, have been struggling a bit, like especially on the defensive end. I felt like they weren't as sharp. Even just before the All-Star break, they went like 1-3 on a road trip before the break, and then, you know, dropping that game to the Warriors, everybody, you know, was piling on. I, I know because I was on the Daily Ding for the next day and was probably one of those guys piling on. Uh, but they really showed something in this one because it, it was cool to see them kind of throw that punch in the fourth quarter. And like when you talked about like Donovan Mitchell hits a big three, they're t- it's 104-107, excuse me, 104-101 because we know math doesn't seem to be my strong thing. <laughs> and, 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 and Mitchell hits a big three to put them up. 107-101 and that's when I was like okay I think they're going to pull this one away and you're right Rudy Gobert in the second half was just a beast like his 
force of him rolling just kind of collapsing the defense onto him just led to a bunch of open looks for him. Certainly, and I thought Utah, I thought their ball movement was good. Uh, yeah, they really didn't have a terrible st- stretch late in the game there was a period like I was saying earlier Mitchell got trapped near half court through a terrible pass I think he was trying to throw it off Tatum's leg I don't remember who ended I think Tatum might have ended up with it in the end for a layup and there might have been another turnover either right before that or after that but that was really the only miscues for Utah late other than that I felt like you said Rudy Gobert rolling putting pressure on the rim Jazz moved the ball well and superstar hit superstar shot when they needed him to yeah and, and i love when he does it on a game when Shaq is on the the in studio <laughs> and has to watch Shaq said something after the game too i, I forgot what it's something i think candace asked him about uh about jordan clarkson and he's like i don't want to say anything negative they, people already think i hate the jazz anyway <laughs> well i'm glad you brought up clarkson because you you actually uh i'm gonna pull the curtain here a little bit texted me about it about how you Maybe weren't such a big fan of Jordan Clarkson before, but now you're thoroughly enjoying watching him play. You got to expand on that here a little bit. Yeah, and and it's really not that intricate. It's just a guy early on in his career who was reckless yet inefficient, just kind of didn't have a feel, didn't really know what he was. And it's like it's maturity to me. Like he's still a very aggressive offensive player, but he has his spots. He gets to them. He's confident. There's a, a certain just level of maturity that he plays with as he attacks, and it's like a guy that's clearly knows he belongs. I don't think early on in his career he always – I mean, I think he played like he thought he belonged, but it didn't look like he thought he belonged. Now when you watch him play, it's like, oh, this guy is like a really good player. And it's cool just to see that kind of maturity from a guy. It's like – I mean, you know how many guys come through this league and are considered just, I don't know, gunners and – don't stick around and and Jordan Clarkson it seems like kind of like the unlikely guy of that of that group that's everybody didn't really love early on probably played a little bit uh out of himself or a little bit above himself what he could actually do and then he he developed into a a useful piece on on one of the best teams in the league and it's it's cool to see stuff like that especially for a guy that like I said is I don't I don't know if many people love Jordan Clarkson (laughs) until he got to Utah (laughs) yeah you know what I mean no, no, you're you're right. I think that's a fair thing. I think everybody just kind of looked at him as a gunner, but this season more so than any other season, he does look more in control, more comfortable, and that's why he's a guy that's probably going to be the leading candidate for the Sixth Man of the Year award. No, certainly, and he's he's deserving. Shaq said he was the most important player on Utah's team. Let's pump the brakes. Uh, but <laughs> he, he his role is certainly needed in the playoffs and his production is certainly needed in the playoffs if they're going to accomplish what they're setting out to accomplish. I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with Jordan Clarkson and how he's grown and just the comfort and, like you said, how in control he is out there. And, yeah, like he, he looks like he belongs and he has that mentality as if he belongs to that. That's fine. They finally are in sync. Yeah, and let's kick it to the Boston side of things here. They're 20 and 19 now after this loss. Boston frustrates me. Like, I just kind of, like, I look at them and, and you know, Kemba Walker hasn't looked right all season. There feels a different energy with Marcus Smart out there. I know, you know, he, he didn't shoot the ball well tonight. One of six for three. And, and there, you are kind of going to have to live with some of those threes that Marcus Certainly. Smart's takes. You know, you're just going to have to deal with it. But, you know, the energy felt a little bit better. But overall, it's just like, man... I'm not there with them. They're just missing something to me where I don't feel like, even when they're healthy, 
I'm just looking at them going like, man, if Kemba Walker is going to struggle like this, they're going to have a hard time. Yeah, and it's kind of almost like they – and it's weird to say given who the two pillars of that team are, but when you kind of break it down, they go as Kemba goes. Like I think in victories for the Celtics, he's shooting like 45% from the floor and the field. And in losses, he's shooting 33% from the field, like 27% from three. It's it's just flabbergasting the differences. And, yeah, it's weird to say they're kind of living and dying by Kemba, but this roster isn't good enough around Tatum and Brown for that third guy not to step up. And, I mean, that's kind of a, a gripe people have had with the Celtics, at least definitely this year. People expected more from them given what they've done in, in recent years is just the roster around those guys isn't very good. And I think Ainge would be doing a huge disservice if he doesn't do something of significance at the deadline and know – People in your cars, it's not going to be Jeremy Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Says our Pistons beat writer, who immediately starts fending off when you're not taking Jeremy Grant. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, and, and, and Kemba started this game out pretty well, was four for six in the first half, but then, you know, just kind of the second half, three for 10. And, and you're right in that sense of like, I think it's we know what we're going to get from Jalen Brown. We know what we're going to get from Jason Tatum on most nights. It's it's they need that third guy, and that's where Walker kind of comes in. But since you alluded to it a little bit, and we're going to trade stuff's going to come up, you know, especially with the trade exception and everything they got coming. Is there anybody on your radar, not named Jeremy Grant, who who you're looking at, who you might think like, hey, like this could be an interesting piece for them? Because I have a guy I think that'd be really interesting for them. Yeah. Somebody pitched this to me the other day, and I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Uh, somebody said Harrison Barnes, and I'm not the biggest Harrison Barnes guy, but it is a guy um, that's a fine NBA player, and I think he fits right in the trade exception. Uh, it seems like Sacramento is going to want something pretty good for him. I think he's been playing well lately. I don't, Yeah, I don't love that. Who's your guy while I think of another one? Well, no, you screwed it up. It wasn't Harrison Barnes. It was. It was Harrison Barnes. I don't. Really, <laughs> we did not talk up. about this before. No, I wasn't the one who pitched it to you, and I'm pissed now. Um, <laughs> no, and 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 here's my thing. I, first off, for disclaimer purposes, I don't think Sacramento's going to actually trade him. I don't think they're going to they're, they're going to get a great piece from him. I don't think Boston's you know whatever the 23rd pick is going to be something that's really going to move the Sacramento Kings. But that mold of a guy, it's another long wing player you know he can play this four as the small ball power forward but he's long he's lanky he can dribble a little bit he can pass he's he's showing some stuff here with Sacramento this year all the things that they're kind of missing because they're not going to get a guy back like Gordon Hayward but they need to find somebody that can fill those holes and I think that's to me what's missing with this Celtics team when I look at them but the other thing too is I don't think it's a big you know, we've seen the stories of like LaMarcus Aldridge might be somebody that they're interested in or whatever. I'm like, that ain't helping them. No, I agree with you. Yep. It's a wing. It's, it's got to be a wing, maybe a small ball four. But it's to me, it's 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 that's the area where they need help because they got a they got a bunch of little guards. They got a bunch of big guys. I think Robert Williams, you know, over time is going to develop into being a, a really good player for them. But he doesn't like, miss shots either. By no, way, that's good because he gets all easy ones. <laughs> yeah, he does, right? <laughs> They're all lobs and dunks. <laughs> but, Do you make a one more big push for Turner, Miles Turner? I don't think so. Um, you know, now not at this point because I don't think b- being big is their their issue. It's going to be the 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 wing depth 
is going to be their their real issue there, and I think that's a that's what they're going to need. But the good news, James, that's neither of our jobs. That's Danny Ainge's job. He him in the front office get to kind of have to deal with those sleepless nights. Just to go back to this game, Donovan Mitchell finished with 21 points, leading the Jazz. Jordan Clarkson came off the bench with 20 points. Rudy Gobert, 16 points, 12 rebounds. For the Celtics, Jason Tatum led him with 29 points. Again, he was pretty damn good in this game. You, know, you had Jalen Brown with 28 points. Daniel Tice with a nice little 15-11 and 11 game. 14 points from Robert Williams off the bench. Again, not a great game from Marcus Smart. 2 for 10 from the field. 1 of 6 from 3 just for 5 points. Daniel Tice had my favorite uh, Mo Twitter clips the, when, he sh- when he showed at the free throw line. Uh, when they were when uh, con- uh when they were fronting um they were fronting Tatum they were fronting Tatum they were Mike fronting Conley Tatum fr- yeah yeah that's what it was and then um yeah Tice showed lob over the top it was great I love that I I love by the way I don't know if you get your flowers on here I don't get to listen to every show but I please continue to post clips every single night it's absolutely I love all of them you're the only one who so far has actually ever brought it up on the show. There's a little tear in my eye right now. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling I'm I feeling... love your breakdowns and your clips. It's so <laughs> like I'm not even joking. I legitimately enjoy them. Oh well, thank you so much. Just for you, my friend. They're only for you it. now. Everybody else, it's it's just for you. <laughs> it is just for you from here on out. <laughs> I'll pay for your uh, your Twitter subscription when they do that. Oh, you're gonna be a su- you're gonna be my lone super follow. <laughs> yeah, super follow. That's what it's called. I forgot what it was called. That, that'll be me. Oh boy. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Today's episode is brought to you by Giorgio Armani Aqua Di Gio Parfum, a long-lasting and deeply intense men's fragrance that captures the powerful sensations of nature. The woody aquatic scent features notes of bergamot, clary sage, and patchouli, which create an intensity that is vibrant and aromic. Discover more at GiorgioArmaniBeauty.com. James, we got to talk about the next game. Absolutely bonkers game. New Orleans Pelicans 124, Portland Trailblazers 125. I'm not going to lie to you, James. I thought this thing was all over. 124-121. New Orleans has the ball. They get fouled. Brandon Ingram's going to the line with seven seconds. Figured he's going to make these free throws. No problem. Misses both free throws. Portland gets the rebound. Pelican, smart move out of the timeout. Foul Dame before he can get the three-pointer off. He knocks down his two free throws. They advance the ball out of a timeout and turnover off of 
<laughs> Nikhil Alexander's Walker's face, and 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 now Portland has a chance, <laughs> down down by one. This is just an absurd game. And then they foul Dame again. <laughs> if the ending wasn't so crazy, I'd be on here yelling at you. For for people that don't know, just how the sausage is made. <laughs> we for this show we have to watch very a, a lot of games. And Mo texts me, he's like, "Damn it, the Lakers are gonna make us wait up." So I turn over to that game. Pelicans are up 17-18 with six minutes left. And then I get a text from Mo. They cut it to seven. I'm like, oh, <laughs> And it was just an epic collapse. Like, I didn't – I'm not going to lie. I didn't get to see much of the 13-0 run that led, the Pel- that led to Portland cutting it, da- cutting it back. But based on what I saw on Twitter, it was an epic collapse, equal to what the epic collapse was in the final few seconds. And Dame puts up 50 on 22. Two shots, twenty-one shots, something. Twenty shots, he, twenty shots, twenty shots. Yeah, twenty shots. Just absolutely ridiculous stuff. CJ got going early in his return. I just thought the Pelicans had that in control. I mean, the way they moved the ball in the first half, Zion was phenomenal, but so was Lonzo. I thought that game was over. I thought we were safe when we switched over to see if Minnesota could uh, pull out the upset. And then as soon as we switched over, that didn't happen. <laughs> that that shifted quickly. And it was, <laughs> we missed out. I missed out on the, the best part of the Portland game. Well, not the best part, but the, the lead up. Yeah. The amazing comeback. And yes, that is how the sausage is made, folks. A lot of times we're looking at games going like, okay, we're going to talk about this game tonight. Let's watch that. And then we look go like, oh, well, this game's getting kind of close. We might need to go watch this game. And it's just a lot of back and forth. So, James, I apologize, my man. You were totally in the right. If anybody, we need to be yelling at the Pelicans for collapsing when <laughs> we thought it was over. What are they doing? They're up third. You cannot give up a 13-0 run. But here's the thing about the Pelicans that's kind of troubling for me. They kind of just go away from Point Zion for long stretches. You know, like that seems to be the most impossible thing to stop in the NBA right now. Zion as a pick-and-roll ball handler has unlocked things for the Pelicans offensively, and they're able to move, they're able to attack him getting downhill. I mean, nobody's really stopping that. And because he's such a good passer, he's able to make the right reads out of those plays most of the time. It really gives them a potent offense, but then they go through stretches where it's like, he'll be on the court, but they won't do that. It's so weird. And I was going to get on here midway through the fourth quarter. I had a whole thing where I was going to applaud Stan with the way he's using Zion. He's having him in the dunker spot. He's putting him in pick and roll. He's having him cut just movement for Zion. And it's unpredictable. It's not allowing the double team. And just the way he's been using him has been phenomenal. And then this happens, but there was a play I want to say, I don't remember how much time was left or what the score was, but the, the Pelicans ran a nice misdirection uh, where it looks like they, they were going to set a double screen for Ingram on the wing, or he threw it to Zion on the on the opposite wing, set up for a double screen on the other, and, and Zion just took off in a misdirection play, and it was like perfect. It's like that gives Zion the ball there, and whether it's a misdirection, ISO, or a pick, like that should have been the offense in the final seconds. And it was just an epic collapse that, I don't even know how to put it into words that it it just shouldn't happen. No matter how good Dame was, the Pelicans were dominating that game. And, yeah, now we're completely befuddled because of whatever the heck New Orleans just did. I mean, they gave up 43 fourth quarter points. Ridiculous. Unacceptable. That's that's just brutal, and that's tough. For a team that's trying to claw their way into the the playoffs probably through the play-in game, 
Like, they can't afford to do this in games. Like, this should have been a win for them. This should have been a game that they locked up, felt very comfortable, you know, after everything they've done. And, you know, and just, just feel like, hey, we got this. We're in good shape. We're progressing in the right direction. It's just tough, man. That game, there should have been Nico Melli minutes in that game <laughs> at a point. That's how comfortable it should have been. And no, I thought there was also, I don't remember, maybe early in the fourth, right before the run, I thought there probably should have been a little bit more Jackson Hayes. I thought he was well in the minutes I saw of him. They weren't really getting much of the rim pressure. Um, I would like to see more of him. But yeah, they got away from the Zion pick and roll. And until further notice, that should probably be a lot more of the offense than it has been. Or at least it was in that game. This is going to be a brutal loss for them. But let's talk about Portland here. Because this is a team that you just you can't count them out. They're actually kind of annoying when you're trying to do a show like the Daily Ding, guys. Help <laughs> us out here a little bit. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, you know, they're just going to keep coming. And you got to kind of respect them in that sense. And the good news for them, for Portland, is this is C.J. McCollum's first game back. Wasn't great. 3 for 11 from the field. Just 10 points. Looked rusty. I mean, he's coming back from a broken foot. I imagine, you know, he, he's go, it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get going. But with how well they were able to kind of hold off, you know, they didn't fall apart at all, you know, in this stretch without CJ and, and you know, Yusuf Nurkic still hasn't come back from his broken hand. But like, they're just going to get stronger, you know, like, you're look, this is just going to get deeper. There might be some trouble short term you know trying to reintegration issues for a little bit before everything smooths out but like man what's what's your take on this this portland team it's a team that personifies its leader right and you always hear the cliche that a a team takes on the identity of its coach but uh, there are certain players in this league that the team takes on the identity of of their main guy and i I think maybe more so than anybody just a, a, a direct reflection of the man that leads the show. I mean, Portland, the resilience that Dame carries, it spills onto the rest of his teammates. There's just a calmness about them. Dame is known for just his very straight face, just very 50-50 demeanor. And it shows in the rest of this team. I think they always feel like they're in games because of who their leader is, who who Dame is, what he's capable of. They can score with the best of them. Defensively, I mean, when that first, they were bad in the first half. Terrible, I mean, terrible. Absolutely terrible. And, it, I mean, that's been the story. Like, Dame and CJ together, like, separately, it's still, it's still not good. But together, it's bad. And still, you can never count them out because not many can score with them when they get in those zones, and they get in those zones very often. And I, I think if Portland, I think they're now two games back of the four seed. I'm just gonna. I feel like throwing out a hot take. I'm not. I don't know the next time I'll be on the show. If the, if Portland, if <laughs> Portland keep throwing the, out hot takes, we'll yeah. find out. <laughs> if Portland gets to the four seed, let's give Dame MVP. Oh no! This was one of my picks from the start of the year. I, I had them if they if he was a, if he had them in the third seed. I said Dame should be the MVP. I'm gonna go one higher. He's got to get them into the top three. He's got to break that ceiling there and, and get Portland into that area. And again, with the guys coming back, I think they can. Nurkic is two weeks away, I believe. And I just think, like, overall, like, I just trust this team because they've been through these kind of battles and these these wars, you know, with these guys. And when you have Dame, I mean, what lead, like, how many points do you have to feel you're up, 
you know, with, yeah, with, no, with three minutes left to feel comfortable. You know, if Dame's on the court, like at a certain point, you're just like, yeah, we're up seven. I know there's just three seconds left, but there's Dame on the court, and I'm still not not comfortable. I mean, it's impressive. Just 50 points on 20 shots is unbelievable. Did go to the line 18 times. Made all 18. <laughs> Super. And while we're on Portland, let us I'm just going to shout out Gary Trent, who has been very good all year. And tonight, 22 points. I didn't see this when he came out of Duke, but what he's developed into, obviously Portland needs help defensively, but to have three guys like that when CJ gets fully healthy, three guys that can go for 20-plus, one off the bench, like that's that's going to be tough in the playoffs, man, and, and we see it every year. But I think this year could be different if they can get everybody healthy and they can get a little bit of a rhythm going before the, uh, before the final stretch here. Yeah, let's run through the numbers real quickly. Dame, again, 50 points, 20 shots. We're going to hear that a thousand times. Also had 10 assists. Gary Trent Jr., 22 points off the bench, 3 of 7 from 3 for the Blazers. For the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram with 30 points. You had Zion with 28 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. That's the one thing about Zion, man. I need more rebounds. 5 rebounds just doesn't do it to me. By the way, Lonzo Ball, 11 points, 17 assists. Career high for him. I, I would well, you could guess that, but I think that I think I don't remember what it was before eleven something like that. They said on the broadcast, it, it ridiculous. And he was. I don't know if it's like something with Lonzo when I only watch the Pelicans, and I know like I you look at his box scores as of late, and just looking at the shooting splits, and like he doesn't shoot ridiculously every night. But I feel like whenever I watch, he always starts the game with a three. Couple more possessions, he'll hit another. I've just, I'm, I'm really in on Lonzo, and I really enjoy watching him play. And I thought today in the first half, really all the way till the third quarter, I just thought he was really good, and, and I just enjoy watching him play. New Orleans is going to need to lobby you to, to, to become their beat writer. <laughs> Get Lonzo <laughs> playing all the time, shooting, yeah. never missing. I imagine you're very glad I made you switch back to this game because the Lakers won 137 to 121. <laughs> yeah, as soon as we switched, it was LeBron was hitting he hit back to back threes or something. Like it was about that time. LeBron just said, okay, it's time. It's time to put the Wolves to bed. I do want to cover real quickly the Knicks Philadelphia game. That game went down to the wire. 99-96 Philadelphia. I mean the Knicks were in control this whole game until the fourth quarter and then managed to only score 14 points. And the other thing that was really impressive about the whole thing was, you know, when you look at the Sixers, like Tobias Harris is kind of turning into a closer. He is. And as somebody who covered him in Detroit, what he's been doing lately is kind of mind-blowing because there was always kind of a running joke in Detroit like Tobias is going to give you 24 or 26 but he's going to have 20 in the first quarter and it was just always routine Tobias would come out super hot 16 in the first quarter 18 in the first quarter 20 in the first quarter and finish with 20 like I said 26 and Stan always used to get up to the podium after the game he's like I, I got to do something to get him going later in games and it's like some of it I always thought he was a little bit passive um, I think some of it he would just kind of disappear and defer to others even in Detroit, when he probably shouldn't have. Um, but I think now he's at a, a spot in his career, and I think he's, what, he's 28 now. Um, I think he knows what what time it is. And with Joel out and 
this team really needs some offensive creation. He, you look around, you don't see a more versatile scorer than Tobias, a guy that can score back to basket, a guy that can take you off ISO, can spot up. Like, this is what they paid for. This is the the type of the type of scoring threat they were looking for, and for him to go eleven of twenty and and have some big buckets down the stretch, like this is what the best of Tobias Harris looks like, and what everybody's kind of been waiting for. Um, it's always been good, but there there was always felt like it could be another level. Yeah, and eight of his thirty points came in the fourth quarter. Big game from him. Ben Simmons with sixteen points, thirteen rebounds, seven assists, and just. As always, rock-solid defense. Seth Curry with 20 points, 4 or 7 from 3. I want to talk a little bit about the Knicks, though, because even though this is a, a, another tough loss, and, and a, you kind of say in the sense of the Sixers had the closer, the Knicks didn't. But R.J. Barrett's been pretty solid this year. He is. His, his finishing around the rim has dramatically improved. I want to say almost... 12, 15% or something like that. He, he's another guy like Clarkson to a lesser degree, but he just looks more comfortable out there. Obviously, people watch him not the most athletic, obviously still not the greatest shooter, but there's a poise about him. He, he gets off the screen and roll, hits a crab dribble, um, uses his length inside. I think he's a little bit more physical when he attacks the rim. It seems like a guy that's maturing and just with another year of experience has gotten more comfortable. He's there's a, a it's always hard to just describe it with words like if you watch it you can see but there's a feel about him when he goes downhill where he gets guys on his side gets guys on his hip patience he'll do a hesitation dribble crab dribble like I said before and and he gets him a better shot at the rim he's able to use his length I I think he's turned into a much smarter offensive player and, and it's been showing for these Knicks yeah finished tonight with 17 points eight rebounds Julius Randle with 19 points 15 rebounds and eight assists Tough game for them though they they dropped it. The Knicks are now below five hundred. I don't. I I feel bad for all the Knicks fans that were celebrating in the streets when know. they were yeah seventeen and seventeen. The days were so nice just you know a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, things turn quickly in New York. That's gonna do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. We still have your favorite shows like the Athletic NBA Show. Don't forget Nerd or She Wrote on Fridays, just because I'm on that one. No Dunks and House of Strauss, plus over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite Athletic beat writers. And I believe there's one in Detroit, James. Yes, there is. He's about to fall asleep because it's. 4 a.m. About to make breakfast. Do you want anything, Mo? Probably just some Magic Spoon stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to follow up on the app, get notifications for new episodes, and utilize the podcast episode comment section. And if you're not a member of The Athletic, you're in luck. You can get all of our podcasts ad-free, plus some fantastic writings across all major sports for a super low price. Get a subscription today at theathletic.com slash daily ding. You never know when these promos are going to end, so get there soon. Thanks for waking up with us, folks. And James, take us home. Ding, ding, ding. Do I always do I always do one more, two, one too many dings, don't I? Yeah, well, you know, just, Gosh, this is, this is why you're limited. <laughs>
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.